I hope you're tucked in. Cause you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Hello, wonderful listeners of In Bed with Dr. Sue. I'm Dr. Sue. And today I'm bringing you my interview with erotica author Lacey Grayson. Lacey has several books under her belt on Amazon, and as you'll soon see, a very ambitious project she's trying to fund on Indiegogo. Come with me as we delve into the world of Lacey Grayson. Guess what? It's Lacey Grayson! Yahoo! Woo! How are you doing? I'm doing fine. So I want you to tell everybody all about the fact that, first of all, there's so you are like this little enigma ball because you have all these different nom de plumes and all these different pseudonyms and things that you go by and it's just it's so cool because you're everywhere and no one knows that you're really everywhere because you go by all these different names right right I, I just think that's cool I do it's because well it's not because I'm trying to do anything shady because I'm really, no. I'm really transparent about it. I mean, I'm not like hiding the fact that I'm this person or that person. It's just It's almost it's, like it's like you're like a diamond and these are different facets of you. It it's is. It's not yeah, I don't get shady from it at all. I'm getting like, okay, this person feels this way and this this name feels this. Way. It's almost like different facets of who you are and you let them all play individually. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, well, see, to go back to square one, I, I grew up believing that David Bowie was my dad. Did you really? Yeah. Why did you believe that? Because, well, I didn't know who my birth father was for a long time. I just knew he was some English musician, and my mom would put on David Bowie albums a lot. So, ah, so you were sitting there trying to put the whole thing together, and you figured, well, she's listening to David Bowie so much, he's got to be the old man. In in your five-year-old mind, when you're listening to David Bowie, and you just knew, hey, an English voice calls me up every once in a year, every once a year, and wishes me a happy birthday, it's David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's cool. So, um, obviously, my dad isn't David Bowie, for the record, but... <laughs> So I kind of got the persona idea from him to give him proper credit. So that's something I've always played with is the idea that, you know, if I want to do music, I have a music persona. If I want to do writing, I have a writing persona. And then there's me, you know. Which, but, that, but to be fair, no matter what persona it is, they're still getting you. Right. They are. It's just... I don't know. It's like when I do music, it's like I do weird, like almost like nerd raps. So it's unfair to put Lacey Grayson in the nerd rap category. So, <laughs> yes, because we don't want her lumped into one category. Yes, I see. And, and then, and then it's unfair to like pull out like the dominatrix. <laughs> Say okay, she does nerd rap. Yeah, okay, you know, I can so it'd be yeah, like yeah. okay. I I you know I spend all day I spend all day telling guys to jerk their cocks, and then I go and rap about math. Right, it doesn't work. I mean, right. granted, I will tell guys who I <laughs> give jerk off instruction to about my Ghostbusters rap, but mm-hmm. I don't then like you know i don't then like use the same name to do it under because you know i don't want you know the crossover because that would just be 
weird for like the nerdcore rap fans. Yeah. Exactly. It's confusing. So by by splitting yourself up into these different personas, it kind of gives it, it makes people less confused. Right. Because there are so some people what... that would be okay with all three, and then there are some people that's like, uh, you do sex work. I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure anyone who does sex work can identify with the whole you aspect that they get from some people absolutely 100 percent. we all get it it doesn't matter who you are i mean i had a guy scream at me that i was a horrible pig the other day it just it happens it's oh do they call you, know, you and pay to tell you that that was the funny thing about it the guy calls up we have a full discussion about his fetish we're going through everything he's jerking off we're discussing it everything's fine and then yeah. he gets off at the very end just before he hangs up he screams you're a fucking pig and then hangs up and i couldn't stop laughing cuz what did you just say for you moron i i had guys who like call me up and like introduce themselves and then they're like you're what's wrong with america women like you are what's wrong with america actually no you are what's wrong with america so you just paid to tell me that so just saying it's like fuck you no i'm just sitting here like and you're paying me to tell me this so on but, night alert, you do your hypnosis, right? Because you are yes. a hypnotist. Mm-hmm. And you are a certified hypnotist, right? I am. Well, for the state of New York, I'm not certified for Washington. Everything's different. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Once you get your certification, you're basically okay across the board. It's just it's right. Different. I, I, right. You don't need to be certified for night flirt, but I don't know if I can like go into an office and practice here, but I could in but New York. But still. You, my point is you're certified as opposed to some chick that just goes and buys a, a book of, you know, inductions yeah, I, and I calls herself a hypnotist. Yeah, I just buy a book and, and right. read it and say, oh, I can hypnotize you. I have done a hundred clinic hours and I, I have practiced in an office. And and now you specialize in erotic hypnosis, right? Yes. <laughs> ah, as opposed to the clinical side. Mm-hmm. So I, how... yeah, I enjoy erotic more than I enjoy clinical because when I was doing clinical, I actually got shoved into erectile dysfunction. So it wasn't ah. it wasn't a leap. No, because that is one of the things that you deal with on a clinical basis is the because there are sometimes mental blocks that you can get past if we know that there's nothing medically going wrong. Then right. yeah, hypnosis is fabulous for ED. Right. So, yeah, I can see that. So what were well, you doing? Just kind of trying to, to get past his block right. for like not I being able to get an erection? When was the last time you had an erection? What was the circumstance? How comfortable did you feel? I had a whole checklist. And mm-hmm. usually in the conversation at some point, he'd be like, your voice is making me erect. And I'm like, good. <laughs> My work here okay. is done. Well, obviously, your wife can't have my voice, so uh, <laughs> we have to get you on a level where it's not me that's doing it. And did it work? Yes, um, because I would, I would get him to a place where he could. Because it's usually when a guy has an erectile problem, it's usually just he's overthinking it. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. It's always a mental block. If, like I said, there's nothing medically wrong, he's not on any medications or anything that are causing the issue, then yeah, it's nine out of ten times a mental block. And and I find that to be true. Like they just overthink. Like, oh my god, I can't get, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's like, um, why do you think you can't do it? And then we fix you. Yes. <laughs> Now, tell everybody, since we're really doing, we're focusing on your writing, you okay. write under a couple of names, do you not? I do. I do. One is Lacey Grayson, which mm-hmm. you can find on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Who else do you write under? I write under the name, well, I've written one short story under the name Sato Blackheart, which is just a name that I use because I'm writing more submissive fiction. Which, that's interesting. So you're a dom, but you're writing more submissive fiction. So it's fiction fiction coming from the submissive side. Yes. Ooh. Um, because I've recently discovered the fact that I might be a submissive. Um, you're probably a switch. I I well I know this. I know that I am, because the current partner that I play with is a switch, mm-hmm. and he and I struggle for power in our relationship don't we all (laughs) and it's funny because we'll both sit there and we'll be like i hate you (laughs) i fucking hate you because because we'll struggle we'll sit there and we'll torture the other person in Mm. the nicest ways possible and then we'll be like because because neither of us can like maintain dominance for a long time and then we'll be like we we kind of just sit there and screw with the other person and be like I hate you and I hate that you make me do this (laughs) because we're both alpha people and then we break the other person and we're like I don't understand how this happens why (laughs) do you do this to me and then we don't like at the end of our play sessions we just don't we like we're like I love you but we need to go chill separately for like a week and then we're fine. So Sado Blackheart is going to be erotica written from the submissive point of view. What are some of the things you've written as Lacey Grayson? Because you've got some really good books out there. Mm-hmm. I've written S&M, which is Sex and Machinery, which is steampunk erotica, um, which is really funny because that was the first time that I wrote something submissive and then I wrote something dominant and I put those two pieces together because I thought that would be like really trippy to to read Mm -hmm. something written from a dominant perspective and then to switch it and read something from a submissive perspective. And what I did was I also wrote something about dollification, which is a fetish of mine. Mm-hmm. That not a lot of people have. I, you know what? It's it's a thin thread. I'll give you that, but it is out there, and it is it's a fascinating fetish. Tell people what it is. Cause I, I think it's it's so cool. It's actually well, really cool for me and how I experience it. Because I know men experience it differently. Because mm-hmm. I know men like to typically dress up in a rubber suit that looks feminine right um but for me when i'm a doll because i like to be the doll right i like to be 
dressed up by the person who is being my owner for the day because usually I typically just get dressed up and this is how I got into modeling when I was younger because it it stated my need for being a doll (laughs) right typically I like to be dressed up and then I like to be like you know admired in my in my pretty clothes and you know okay you if someone dresses you up Tell everyone, like, what, what is the fetishism in it? In other words, what is the erotic component to it? Well, for me, and this is me personally, I just like being told what to do. And this is perhaps, like, the only place originally that I felt submissive. I like being told what to do. Like, like okay, you're going to wear these these panties, this dress, and, you know, this bra. And I'd be like, okay. And that was my first, like, submissive outlet. Right. Didn't occur to me that maybe it could go further until about a year ago. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. I like to, I like to be tied up. And then, and then it went a little bit further than that. Well, you and don't then, know. That's the thing is until you start playing. And that's true for anybody, be they dominant or submissive. You don't know what you like until you start poking around and playing with it. Well, I, I knew that I like bondage from the I like to tie people up perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like such them. a big difference being on the other side. Because so, that's a complete loss of control. Right. And I think, but I think I also needed my particular partner to, I think I needed someone I could trust. And my current <laughs> partner was the person who kind of gave me the safe space to do all these things that I do now or before, like I could play with other people, but I couldn't take it to the level that I needed because I didn't trust them. Right. Oh, you have to completely trust who you're with when you're in a submissive position. That just goes without saying. Well, yeah, like before I could act submissive and I could, you know, but like I was in that paradigm of I would act submissive to get what I wanted. But it's not true submission. I know what you're talking about. It's not where you're completely releasing because you're technically going through the motions of being submissive. Right, but I would would still do it to manipulate the system. Yep. So you're still (laughs) – this is what people don't understand. With submission, there is actually a lot of power. And even though for most people when they're submissive, they don't really want the power, what you're not grasping is – there's still a lot of power involved in submitting because mm-hmm. if you don't let go, you're not really submitting. Therefore, everything is just, it's not even worth doing. Right. And that's why I say with my current partner, like there's so much, like that's why, yeah, we do have to take time apart when we're done with each other because if we don't, it's just like, okay, we end up with like the, what we just did to each other was, you know, we need to take the separation and figure out what just happened. We need to have our own processing space because we're still, we're still of the mindset that we were in control. (laughs) And no, we weren't. Yep. And it's strange. It's strange for someone who is normally dominant to then turn around and submit because, and and it's because it's weird. You got, your head's got to go through a completely different um, sort of, sitting there going through all these different questions you're asking yourself and like, you know, really did I, it's just a weird thing to go through for your first time. 
Right. Like, I still ask myself, why am I doing, why am I doing this? Like, why do I like it when he gives me permission to orgasm? Mm-hmm. Like, why are my orgasms better when T gives me permission to orgasm? Why are they intense? And I have no logical reason for it, but they just are. No, it's mental. It's all mental. It's That's weird. And then I go, well, okay, why is it? Why do why do my callers why do why do they call me and ask me permission? I mean, same thing. Yeah, it's it is the same thing, and I understand it better now. Because you're seeing both sides, which is why I always say that if you want to be a very good dom, it is always good to play on the submissive side so that you can see and feel what they go through. Right. And I've I've always said the same thing. And I've always like said, oh, yeah, I understand what submission is because I've I've done it before. But then I realize after being in this relationship that I've been in for like, I think, nine months now. I used to play the system like I used to always manipulate the dom that I was playing with. Mm -hmm. I I always used to be like, I'm going to get my way. I'm going to get what I want. And it's true. I always, I, you know, and as soon as I saw like a weak moment, I would exploit it because I knew how. Yep. Because I was Lacey Grayson and I was, (laughs) I I could dominate anybody. And this is not ego, but I can dominate anybody because I'm always good at head-fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, my dear. Well done. So tell us us about the steampunk thing. Okay. So S&M is out there. What's the storyline behind behind, um, S&M? Well, they're two separate stories. They're not meant – well, I guess they're meant to be together because they kind of have paralleling themes. I guess. (laughs) So it's actually like, what, two novellas that are put together? Yes, um, because one of them is a girl is in love with the airship engineer, Mm -hmm. and she she is a snob. And she she comes from an upper class family, and she secretly gets her kicks from dominating said airship engineer. Because if anybody knows anything about the steampunk setting, it's Victorian, so she shouldn't be dominating him. He mm-hmm. should be dominating her. So that's all good and gushy and nice and you know. <laughs> and he and there's a brief mention of the circus that I put in the next story and so the the next story features a puppet or a marionette I, I don't know how to correctly explain that so I'm going to use the term marionette um mm-hmm. girl and her controller I Again, her puppeteer. Ter- she would have yeah, a puppeteer. The terminology is a bit off because they, I never really gave them proper terms. I just kind of gave them names. Um, right. And basically, she's a living puppet, and he makes her dance on stage in a circus. And mm-hmm. see, the great thing for me is I love I love the circus, and that's and the circus will always be my thing. <laughs> I was going to say, because you've made mention of that on, on Tumblr and a couple of other places, that yeah. you love the circus. Have you ever joined I, the circus? 
I worked in the circus. There you go. She joined. Okay, you guys, seriously, this is so cool. Think about it. Everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to run away and join the circus. Lacey did it. I did. (laughs) It was so cool. It wasn't an official, like, big top circus. It was just, Mm -hmm. like, a, it was a punk street circus. We did, Mm -hmm. like, we had, like, a Neo Tumblr, uh, like, um, we had what was called a fabulist, and he was a, um, he was the hypnotist who taught me everything I know before I got my clinical hours in. Isn't that cool? So you learned from a hypnotist who was essentially a performing hypnotist, which is different than clinical, obviously. Right. But he's the one who taught me how to do everything I know how to do on Night yeah. Flirt. <laughs> Basically, awesome. go up to someone, look at them, and be like, do you want to be hypnotized? Yes, you do. I bet you do. And here, and and basically how to connect with someone, get it done in like five minutes and make them enjoy the experience. That's that's invaluable as far as a learning tool goes, because <laughs> there is a huge difference between performance hypnotism and clinical hypnotism. Well, and if you can combine the two, now you've got the best of both worlds. With clinical hypnotism, you have somebody who knows exactly what they're coming to you for. And with performance, it's you're basically pulling some random guy from the audience who might not even know what you're doing. Right. And so you have to convince them this is what they want. Mm-hmm. And th- that's how it feels with Night Flirt sometimes because I have guys that call me up and they're like, I want to be hypnotized. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what do you want me to do? I don't know. Just hypnotize me. Right. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I just want you to hypnotize me. And I'm like, okay. And I, I always want to say, well, would you call Domino's and ask them, I don't know, just send so, me yeah. a pizza? Send me a pizza. I know. Tell me about it. It's the same guys that call up and go, will you please do- dominate me? I always right. give this. I give this freaking, um, I, I'm constantly correcting them and going, okay. When you say dominate me or when you say hypnotize me without telling us anything, it's the equivalent of walking into a candy store and going, I want candy. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, dude, you want to narrow it down a little bit? Well, I'm like, you know, I always go, you know, with most girls, they would jump straight to, okay, get me things off my wish list. Mm-hmm. Because they and don't boring. And, and I don't know, because I don't know what's safe to do with you and what's not. So, I, Well, what yeah. if you're not into buying the chick something? What if you just want to release for 45 minutes where you can just let go and have nothing to It doesn't have to have anything to do with financial domination or, you know, buy me this or do, do that to me. I know. It can but just I, be a complete I, lovely release. I know, but I know, like... 80% of the guys that have complained to me about other girls are like, oh, she tried to make me buy something off her wish list immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why do you think that is? I don't know. And I'm starting, but I'm starting to see the correlation. And the problem might be the guys don't tell you exactly what you want so you jump to exactly what you want which might be you want something off your wish list i don't know but that's my working theory 
So you guys have to be more specific when you call up either saying dominate me or hypnotize me. It's even if you call it. up a regular phone sex chick, even if you're calling up one of the chicks that's just straight up going to get you off, if you don't tell her what you enjoy, she's got to come up with it off the top of her head, and it could be completely way off field from where your head is at. You right. have to speak to your operators, please. <laughs> and please let us all know exactly what's going on in your head because we aren't psychics. Because depending on the girl, she might go, okay, I want you to smoke a bong with me. You know, I don't know. I don't know what other girls Thanks. do. But depending exactly. on the girl, she might be like, I want you to buy me something on my wish list. I might, I, you know, play StarCraft with me, smoke a bong with me. You know, so what if I, I want know. to dress you up like a woman and you have absolutely no feminization fetish whatsoever and I go, okay, well, now I'm going to start painting your face and I'm going to make you into a woman and you're going to sit there and go, well, this is what I fucking wanted. Well, again, exactly. we don't know. Exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, that's exactly the point. It's like we don't know what you want. These are all things that we do with subs. I mean, there are some subs that do call me up to play video games. Hmm? Yeah, there's a lot of guys that are into that, and there's a lot of girls that are into the video games that are doing it. I have, I have guys that will just be like, uh, "Okay, watch Netflix with me." And sometimes, I, and I think that's another thing. I think it's a big misconception is that these guys are all just pervs that want to get off. Most right. of the time, believe it or not, and this may be shocking to some of you who aren't in the industry, these guys most for the most part are lonely and just want to talk. Right. Are we exposing secrets? <laughs> no, not at all. But I just, I mean, of course, you're going to always be doing phone sex calls. It's the same as when you do, um, everybody goes, okay, well, when I took my psychology practice on to Night Flirt, well, why would you do that? Well, yeah, okay, I know I would take a hit from other therapists because it, by doing that, you are now lowering yourself into working in the sex industry. But it well, made sense to me. No, I'm, that's I'm, they are. I'm actually interested in talking to you because I'm a psych student. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm interested in, because I would like to kind of do the same thing and bring psych to Night Flirt. Yeah. Not to copy you, but, you know. No, no, no. You should. I've, the thing is, and I don't worry about that. I've had girls go, well, I do hypnotism and you do it. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't be on your show. And it's like, no, 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 no. What you have to remember is... There can be 150,000 therapists on Night Flirt, and right now there actually is because, of course, everyone says that they do therapy. Even it's it's also part of for some people it's their shtick. Well, I've been so, I've been noticing that, but I actually oh my god, it's everywhere. Everyone on there is going therapy, 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 and it's just, it's okay. Like you know, not a big deal at first. Years ago, when it started taking off after I was on there, I got pissy, and then I thought it doesn't matter what anyone else does because they're never going to be you. But I, so but you're going to offer like a different to, perspective. But I would like to, because I really feel like, yeah, sometimes guys just want to like talk about things and there's not mm -hmm. the market to do it. You got, but this is actually, that was my point from before that I never made because I got sidetracked was even though you are a, you know, I'm a clinical therapist, I have, you know, all, all of my stuff, all of my degrees and whatever, 
Um, one, I would not get, if anyone's listening in and they want to do this, do not get bogged down in getting a whole bunch of letters behind your name because it's just not worth it. Only because those letters are meant to impress others who are already doing what you're doing. Nobody else cares. If you get your degrees, whatever, don't worry about becoming a doctor. Don't worry about any of that. Get in there and start playing and start talking to people and start doing your work. My point was before, which is, as a therapist going online and going into the sex industry, yeah, you take a hit from a, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Other legit people? Well, yeah, it's like you take a hit from the standpoint of, oh, yeah, other people aren't going to take this. And you're also going to have to 100% do phone sex calls. I hate right. to say it. You're not going to sit there. If you think you're going to go online into a sex forum of any kind, whether it's Nightflare or anybody else, and you're not going to do regular phone sex calls, you're wrong. It, well, like, you're going to have to do it. It's part of what you do. Now, you don't have to get them off. I mean, I'm a dominatrix. I'm not going to – I do everything differently. So, you know, but my point is is that you don't have to, one, get a whole bunch of letters behind your name. Don't get bogged down in schooling. You know, once you get in there, the best thing that you will ever do is start taking clients because you will learn more from your clients than you ever will from a book. Well, like I'm right now I'm taking Social Psych 101 and I've, mm-hmm. it's the same as Psych 101, which I took last mm-hmm. semester. And it's like, okay, so you're just basically reteaching me everything I took in uh-huh. Psych 101 and applying it to the group. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I know. This is the thing. The other thing that you will notice when you get into it is there's not a lot of fetish psychology because for the most part, because we are still sitting in this Puritan archaic society, most sex therapists, because that's what I am technically, but I specialize in fetish. And the reason being, no one else does it. Sex therapy. Like that's where I've been trying to head for like the last five years. But there's a huge missing gap in fetish. That's that is where I'd like to see anyone coming into this start looking more at fetish because regular sex therapists are telling these people, be they male they're or female, that they're fucked up and they're not. Oh, and that I specifically me got off. told I was really screwed up because of what I like. Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. told I'm screwed up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm I not. See- no. What happens when you go see a therapist is not only are you seeing that therapist, but you are seeing that therapist's belief system. So if yeah, you don't, if for some reason you don't fit into her belief system and she thinks that all fetish is deviant behavior, you're going to be told you're deviant. And that's that what's wrong with biggest, it. To, to me, that is the biggest problem with modern psychology is mm-hmm. people should not put their personal beliefs on anybody but they do, and it's going to happen. You can't, you can't get away from that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you... Yeah, you won't. You won't because we are all individual people with all our own belief systems. If you set up a practice, your belief systems are going to come through regardless because I'm going to be sitting here going, okay, fetish is fine, and someone else is going to go, fetish isn't fine. So you well, see how I... my belief system is, fetish is fine. I don't know how much you've researched me or... or how much you've looked into me but I read tarot um mm-hmm. as well and yeah. I read a lot of tarot for various people and my biggest problem is other readers will 
put their belief system on people. Like they yep. they will tell gay people that they should marry a woman and that the, that this relationship they're in is not good because they're not with a woman. And I'm like, no, no, that's that's telling somebody that who they've chosen to love is not right because you don't believe it's right. That's right. No. But you're going to get that. Because you got to remember, tarot card readers, I do them myself, tarot card readers, anybody in the psychic realm, anybody who's, you're still getting individual belief systems when you go to see these people, which is why I always tell everybody, if you're going to go and find a therapist, you are going to have to go through several therapists until you find the one you connect with. Right. And I tell the same about tarot readers. Find the person that yep. works for you. Exactly. You know? And um, that brings me back to my book or back to my books. Um, I write a book series and, it, and there's going to be more about a tarot reader who is a medium and she has all these weird, crazy magic adventures. And she also fucks a lot. <laughs> in the book is that hex proof that that what is, hex is proof? part of that okay so tell hex us about hex proof because this i think is really cool hex proof is one of the characters from the book series nepenthe that i write i spun her off into a podcast so what does she do on the podcast because it's like a drama i like the character so much <laughs> Because uh, she's not the main character in the Nepenthe series. She's a supporting character. Mm-hmm. She's the ex-girlfriend of the main character in the Nepenthe series. And the, the the thing with Dare is she basically bit the bullet and started making a drug out of ectoplasm, which the drug allows people to either communicate with the dead for a specific period of time mm-hmm. or forget a specific period of time in their brain. <laughs> so it's ah. like eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. You can go right. ahead and wipe out that relationship that you didn't like and it will stay gone forever. That's really cool. So so what is the drama? Because this goes on. Obviously, you've got several episodes and this sort of stuff. Like, tell us about what goes on with that. Basically, she she has to make this drug, and what's going to happen is it's going to unfold into she has a boss. It's a very scary boss, um, and she she's basically under contract to make this drug, or bad things will happen. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She's basically like Jesse Pinkman. She makes bad decisions. And she does, she tries to do good, but she makes bad decisions. But ultimately, when she makes these bad decisions, she tries to make the right ones, but they end up being not so good. Like, she'll, she's basically trying to get her ex back, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. she's going about it the wrong way. Right. She doesn't realize that her ex is happy with someone else and she should just move on. (laughs) So she's kind of obsessing over the ex. Right. And so, and she's basically, right now I'm at a point where she's getting indebted to a mage for spell work that she shouldn't have had done because she doesn't have the money to pay for it. Not necessarily a good thing because, oh, 
magic magic is real and magic exists and mages are kind of like monsters mm-hmm. and uh, not good people that you want to be owing money to <laughs> there you go owing anything to yeah. so where is hex proof available to listen to um it's on soundcloud and that's soundcloud backslash hex i think it's just hex proof it's hex um, you've got a hyphen in there, hex hyphen proof. Oh yeah, there's there's a dash in there for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So you can listen to this. How often do you produce the show? Um, it's supposed to be every other week, but I had a small snafu with the hospital, so it's it's kind of been on hold. But I'll be getting regular episodes out there. There you go. There's more coming. So where yeah. can everybody find your books mostly? I'm mostly available on Amazon, mm-hmm. but I'm also I also have a Indigo project that's uh, that I'm I'm putting out to fund new a new writing project. Actually, in in reality, it's three writing projects. It's uh, it's an interactive ebook, and it's and then it's to publish the first two uh, Nepenthe books in paperback. And then it's to publish a year's worth of uh, music criticism um, zines, which are for anybody who doesn't remember what those are. Those are Xerox magazines that I've written, and I will mail to your house. Yay! Oh, cool. (laughs) So if you like mail, I will mail you things. So that, and, and who doesn't like getting real mail as opposed to electronic bills? Yeah. And that's all that comes in. That's right. So, okay. Ooh. So you can contribute to this project via Indiegogo, right? Right. And we're going to have the link up on the site so you guys can go there and help Lacey out because she really wants to put this whole thing together. Yeah. And the interactive ebook is going to be really cool because. That sounds cool. Like it, what, how, what makes it interactive? Well, it's going to, well, I'm hoping if I can get this all together because I want people to basically if you donate, you get to make a video and that will be included in the book because I'm going to because I can I know how to embed embed YouTube videos and ebooks because I'm awesome <laughs> and <laughs> I am that awesome. I can embed videos and ebooks. I, I even I even learned how Kindle? to do that and I'm so cool. <laughs> Even Kindle? Yes. Really? Oh, yes. That's very cool. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it's 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 really cool, and it's it's just awesome. And I want to include people in this project. And I think that's a fifteen dollar perk, if I'm not mistaken. You can go ahead and shoot a video, and you might be given a loose script, or you might just be told, "Okay, this is what I need you to do." have at it go crazy do whatever you want just include saying this one thing <laughs> like say oh, okay so, it, so these videos are going to move the story along right and you're going to give people the chance to play around with the i think that's really cool right because the story is about these people make this game and this game kind of takes on a life of its own kind of kind of like um drunken jumanji is the best way to describe this because <laughs> it so takes cool. over the city and kind of turns it into a post-apocalyptic wasteland 
And then not only does it take over the city, but then because it spreads to YouTube, it starts to take over the world. So these videos are going to be part of that whole takeover? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And it actually includes, like, the the cards from the game. So you will be able to play the game yourself. Oh, so this is actually going to be a game that you can play, too? Yep. Oh, and the game will not come to life. Well, no, we figured that, but But that's okay. I'm just warning people that the game the game will not because what happens is as you play the game like as because there's actual cards in the game that say like burn all the monopoly money and as you do these things the game starts to take over. But you don't like, have to worry; it won't really do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it does weird things because it'll like say you have to sing all of you know your the your dialogue for the next twenty four hours and and random things like that and basically like people started playing this game and it's one of those games that never ends kind of like yeah. you know Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. You can but, play it forever. Yeah. So that's basically what happens and this story just you know progresses to these people make this game and they start playing it for fun and then you start realizing that this game just keeps going and going and going and it gets more miserable and more chaotic as the story progresses i think that's amazing so i want all you guys to make sure that you hit up that link and get this project going because this sounds really amazing yeah, I, I really, really want to do this because it's like I just had this idea for this book and I'm just like, I really want to do this because I've, n- I've never done something so ambitious. I've always been like, yeah, I'm going to write, a, I'm going to write, you know, some erotica and some, but I really want to do this because this is going to be like my first book that doesn't really include sex in it that much, or if at all. Since I really, I really think if you're like trying not to die, you're not gonna have be stopping to give a blowjob. No, because like although really, maybe let's look at this realistically, maybe one of the cards could be like stop to give your partner a blowjob. That actually would be funny. You could actually throw something like that in there just as a complete random thing. It is. It is kind of like because I I started writing it like as the awkward love story of me and my partner because my partner kind of put the idea in my head because he's like no matter where you are even if the world collapses in fire I'm gonna find you there you go (laughs) oh that's a really cool concept then and I'm like what so he put the idea in my head of him like driving from Australia to me, and because, and I'm like, what? How are you going to find me if the world collapses on fire? And he's like, first you email me here, and then you email me here, and if I don't answer, then you call me on Skype. <laughs> like, Provided all of that's still working in a in, a, in an apocalypse. I know, right? So I got this really weird idea going. So I was like, okay, wait. And then I then I was like, what was that game that was popular? It was a book, and then it was a movie, and 
and then I and then we started playing this epic game of like Candyland when I was drunk, <laughs> and it all just took off from there. I was like, okay, I'm doing this book. So That's yeah, really I really want to make idea. this. I really want to make this book happen. So let's make this book happen and get her some funding. Because you really want to see these awesome things happen, and you really want to be able to suggest weird albums for me to review, albums that you love that maybe I'm not going to love, but you want to see what I'm going to say about them. Exactly. Well, is there anything you want everybody to know about you that we haven't already covered? No. I know. Well... You know, I'm I'm really fun to talk to, so if you want to call me on Night Flirt, you know. Oh, for sure. You've got to call her on Night, Night Flirt. Flirt. And the link's yeah. going to be there, so you can just hop to her page and click on it, and there's Lacey. I have interesting MP3s, too. I, I mean, I really do have some interesting MP3s. So are those in your goodie section? Um, my goodies section is full of interesting and randomly weird things, and I have links on my page. The links on my, the clickable links on my Nightflare page are my MP3s. Perfect. So there's a whole bunch of them out there that you guys can play with. And you can have Lacey in your mind and in your ears. And, oh, I have a new setup, um, for recording that I have Roland in ear um in ear monitors. So mm-hmm. all of my recordings at this point from now on are gonna be three D and binaural. Very so cool. They're gonna they be absolutely like surround sound. Awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. So seriously, you got to hit this up. You guys are missing out. If you if you don't already talk to Lacey, pick up the phone and call Lacey and buy her stuff because you're going to be completely knocked out by it. I used to hate the sound of my voice when it was recorded, but since I've like got the new setup, like I actually listen to myself talk now and I'm like, "Can I go Can I go touch uh-huh. myself now?" <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, so I understand. So that's just your new equipment set up? Yeah, like, I understand why guys jerk off to my voice now. Because you can hear it. You Now now you right. can hear what they're hearing. Right, like, I understand what you hear now, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, because it's awesome, because I have, like, um, a Tascam four-track recorder now, and I have the Roland, and it's awesome. And I didn't used to have all that stuff. I used to just record on my laptop. And mm-hmm. even then, that was pretty cool. But now my new recording setup is just amazing. And I'm so happy. So you've got all this I, equipment. And oh, my God, think of all the things that are coming up. I am just so, so, so happy to, to announce that I am going to be doing new recordings. Yeah. And far more funky, trippy recording. Yes, I I want to do a Doctor Who themed recording, but I haven't yet named my um my doctor because I can't just call him Doctor Who. I have to call him something not licensed by the BBC. <laughs> yes, that would be probably a good idea. So I was thinking, um, you know, I could maybe ask some, you know, some lucky guy. Like maybe Doctor, maybe Doctor Y. I don't know. There you go. One of the one of the five H or five W's, I should say, of journalism. 
Yes. Well, I was Dr. a journalism major at some point. Oh, Dr. Ware might be good. Dr. Ware? Dr. Yes. Wood? <laughs> it's ended. Dr. Well, thank you, Lacey, for, thank you, Lacey, for being on the show. I really, really am happy you did it. Awesome. Isn't she delightful? Be sure to hit up all the links on her show page for her books, her crowdfunding project, and even to talk to this lovely young lady on Night Flirt. I want to thank Lacey once again for being so kind as to be on In Bed. Don't forget, if you're jonesing for something to do on Halloween, you can join me at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas for the 20th Annual Fetish and Fantasy Halloween Ball. All the cool freaks are going. Come on, let's have some fun. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Sue Storm if you can't go so you can see all the pics I'll be bringing you. And just so you know, I'm going to be taking a break from in bed for a little while. I have so many projects that need to be finished, such as books and hypnosis audios. I've had several gentlemen send me ideas for upcoming audios, and I'm dying to let my creative juices flow and bring you some awesome new content. So until the new year, my wonderful family, please be safe, be kind, and be happy. I love you guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.